The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Welcome to A Guided Life Podcast, where we talk about all things spirit and life. I'm your host, Laura West. Follow me on Facebook at GuidedWest11, on Instagram at GuidedWest, and on Twitter at LauraWest111. I also have a website at www.laurawest.net, where you can download a free guide on how to meet your own spirit guides. My book, Guided, is available on Amazon, and it's about soul teams, intuition, mediumship, and spiritual tools such as oracle and tarot cards, crystals, pendulums, and so much more. My guest today is Sally Ann Kearns. Sally Ann is a certified functional nutritional therapy practitioner with a farm stay clinic operating from her regenerative farm near Sydney, Australia. She believes we all have the capacity to heal from health obstacles because she's experienced this for herself. Her passion is implementing simple and sustainable lifestyle solutions for women who want to show up in their lives. She would be honored if you let her hold your hand to wellness. Hi, Sally Ann. I am so thrilled that you are on here joining me today. Thank you. I'm excited. I love sharing the stories of how intuition changed my life. Uh, You might hear a few chickens in the background, (laughs) but um, it's not me, I promise. (laughs) That's okay. You know, animals are always welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Always. So, uh, you know, so Sally Ann, that's wonderful because I do want to share, you know, your intuitive story. And I think that it would just naturally get woven into, you know, where you were and where you are now. What is it that you're up to these days? Uh, So we uh, checked out of more of the Western style world and moved onto a 30 acre farm, which we are using regenerative farming strategies. So no chemicals. And we have bees, uh, sheep and chickens uh, for our primarily our own and community consumption at this point in time. So I also have a farm stay clinic on our farm, which enables me to serve women to balance their body through personalised nutrition. So that's what I'm doing at the moment, as well as raising two beautiful boys. Oh, that's so wonderful. And I, I really love the animals in the background. It's just like perfect <laughs> yeah. sound effect. It's just so appropriate is what it feels like. I am um, just so curious to know what, what led you to make that shift from Western to where you are now? Oh, we were... Um... I guess uh, I previously in a previous life had a real estate business and I was at that point where we fell pregnant and I just recognised that I probably couldn't be the real estate superstar managing the 35 staff 
as well as being the mum that I wanted to be. Um, so I followed the guidance um, that I was kind of shown that now's the time to step aside. So we saw, I sold the business and we had the baby. We relocated states in Australia and um, I had really severe postnatal depression and anxiety. So with the first child it was pretty bad, but with the second baby it was even worse. My husband was working. He would leave the house at 7 in the morning, wouldn't be home until 7 at night, and we didn't have any family support. So mm-hmm. I guess we looked at each other one night and I said to him, like, are you are you feeling satisfied and, and, and happy and is this what you thought life would look like? And he said no. And I said, yeah, well, me neither. I'm, I'm obviously really struggling, you know, managing these new demands and obviously my health was giving me clues that I was not regulated. And so we, we always wanted a farm but we couldn't figure out how to have the city pad and work the big hours and then also have the weekend farm. So we just decided that we would take the move or that was always in the background and then one night I had a really clear dream and the dream just when I woke up from the dream, I said to my husband, like, we have to move. We just have to, we have to move. And so we did. So we, we moved and then we, we, we got new jobs. So well, I, I restudied and he got a, a job and we bought the farm and here's where it's at. <laughs> wow. Uh, can you, ex- mm. would you be willing to share what that dream was about? Yeah. So I, um, I, I at the time, I I couldn't recall my dreams and that's actually a nutritional deficiency in itself. So it was quite outstanding that this one was so vivid. And so I was an eagle in my dreams. So I was soaring in the sky and it was as though I was at the foot of a tableland and there was wooded trees and I just felt so free. And I don't know even how that dream symbolized to me that we had to move. But I woke up the next morning and I just, that was how I interpreted it. And so when we were purchasing our property, I stood in the garden and I looked up at the hills and the tablelands surrounding the property. And I said to my husband, this is it. This was the property that I, I was the eagle. And I was, I was, I was the eagle and I was flying here. Over, over these tablelands, this is it. This is a house that we have to buy, and uh, and we did. Even though, much to my husband's dismay, it needed lots and lots of work, and we've <laughs> right. ever been doing that since. But it's interesting. Like it was just so such an innate knowing that I had to. I, I couldn't not take those signs and and move with them because they were just like a message from God, really. That's amazing. I that gave me chills yeah. hearing that you that. Being the eagle in your dream, you saw the land that you were physically standing at. That's incredible. Mm. That's just really incredible. Uh, now, I want to go back to, could you tell us a little bit maybe about your background, your childhood, sort of what what you grew up with? Yeah, so I, um, my mother uh, was quite young when she had me. So she was 20 and she migrated from Ireland to Australia when she was 11. So she was quite young fell pregnant and my parents weren't um, married or anything. So they they actually didn't work. So she raised me pretty much single-handedly. Sadly, when I was in uh, just starting school, I had a really severe reaction to uh, to a medical procedure as a, a, a vaccine. And I, 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 they thought I had leukemia, but like I, my, I was in hospital for over a month. I was in the leukemia ward. I was then heavily medicated. And there was just kind of this slip slide of clues thereafter and as a practitioner now I recognize those clues but there were things like I became really sensitive to eggs 
and I couldn't eat eggs. I couldn't eat shellfish. I started to get hives. I started to sleepwalk, bed wet. And I was, what, five? And this kind of kept going on until I was about eight, nine. And then it morphed into eating disorders and and just really unusual behaviours that weren't characteristic of what I actually looked like. Like there was this real body dysmorphia, which was so unusual. And because I'd come from a really broken home, so mum met a new partner and 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 kind of had another baby and I was 11 and he was one. And so then I got adopted by um, my stepdad because my, my mother was um, really physically abusive and, and addicted to alcohol and different drugs. So she was quite a lost soul. And so my stepdad adopted me and, and raised me. And so it's interesting, my health, I just kind of got into the real estate world when I was quite young and just pursued that with vigor. But little, there was these breadcrumbs of clues with my health and that it was dysregulated the whole way. So I didn't pay attention to that. I just kept going and going and going. And hence, you know, the, the, the scenario of the baby, you know, having babies and being pregnant and then my body just falling apart was kind of the, the, the end game there. So yeah, it's been an interesting journey and and just even being able to put those breadcrumbs back together has been so empowering to to see those connections of the gut microbiome being um, imbalanced and that's you know potentially the gluten sensitivity um, with the bedwetting and also recurrent tonsillitis and things like that. Like these are all clues of potential sensitivities to to gluten and we don't know, we're not taught this stuff. So um, you know, parents are out there and they're they're suffering with their kids, and there's no, there's, it's really hard to finances in the current medical system. Yeah, that's uh, really hard. I guess I do. <laughs> guess what I do what yeah. I do now. I guess <laughs> sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, imagine you know you're sort of like living proof of what it looks like to be deficient, and then what it looks like to finally figure it out. Can you explain what a functional nutritional therapy practitioner is? Yeah, so the course was born in the United States um, through the Nutritional Therapy Association and then it morphed into Australia and New Zealand within the last five years. So the way that we look at body, so we're obviously trained in nutrition, but the way that we look at the body is a whole. So usually instead of kind of trying to isolate a symptom and treating the symptom by looking at the body as a whole vessel, we're technically starting to go, all right, well, digestion is a north to south process so food is digested even on the site or the smell of food it can it can instigate um, a reaction or a digestive reaction so you'll smell something that smells really delicious and it smells appetizing so then you start to salivate and that then creates enzymes and triggers the start of the hydrochloric acid production and then you know then the food's swallowed and hopefully you know chewed nice and mindfully and we're in a parasympathetic state and um, and then that digestion process happens. So I guess a functional nutritionist looks at how do we, what are the top three things that we could do to support the body nutritionally, but looking at those foundational priorities. And that's where we find that we get like these layers of healing. So clients will go, come through and initially they might just be chronically inflamed and they're really tired and they can't sleep, but yet they're really tired. And we start to pull that apart and start to see, all right, well, what, you know, what's in the diet? So we're looking at the food, the mood, and we're also looking at those lifestyle triggers of what's going on in your life right now that could be somewhat recalibrated so that you're not feeling that level of overwhelm because stress is really dysregulating to the digestive system. And then if we're eating all these beautiful foods, why are we not absorbing them is the biggest question that we're often asking in clinics. So we're looking at what 
types of foods can we use as medicine to really recalibrate the body and bring it back into balance. Got it. So it's it's a pretty holistic view of the person yep. as a as a whole. Absolutely. But there's always emotional triggers and that's I guess uh. where uh being um being human and having a human experience and I guess that's where that intuition piece comes from. So we get to start looking at what's the deeper work that you might need to be doing to really restore function. And that's um, they're the sorts of questions that I like to ask the client because often we have that innate wisdom in ourselves, but we're not asked the right questions in order to be able to access it. So uh, I know for me, my own healing journey, you know, there's this real people pleaser you know there's been that people pleaser in me and then not being able to stand my ground not being able to speak my truth etc so there's been this journey of that evolution and um I feel like that's that is part of alongside the nutritional strategies we also need to look at who we are as an emotional being and and that spirituality piece as well yeah how do you find that the spirituality and your intuition how how would you say that that's helping you to learn to to be able to stand your ground and and speak your truth so for me um if i'm really honest the the last piece of the puzzle for my healing journey was to, to find god and i never really related to even that name like i just couldn't call it that i would call it all sorts of stuff like universe and all the things but then when i really connected in with what that meant um, it was almost like this coming home. So I came home within myself and that's the best way that I can describe that process. There was just this inner knowing that, oh, my goodness, I am I am divine and I am worthy and then all of those beautiful nourishing feelings came in and it, and it really was like that last piece of the puzzle after doing all the things. So I don't know, I don't know uh, if, I mean, I'm sure other people have had the restoration of their health without that spirituality piece. But I know for me, it was the last piece of the puzzle. And it was through removing inflammatory foods that were wrong for my body type and accepting that bio-individuality, I feel that enabled me to open my heart enough to let God in. Yeah, right. And I think that it makes sense for that to be part of the holistic process. It just feels so complete to have something to believe in on top of having you know work on your mental health and your physical health but then there's also the spiritual health too and whatever that looks like right for for different people for different people yeah absolutely yeah so I'm curious what was going on around the time when you had that realization about about God (laughs) well I guess COVID personally you know the the mandates and the lockdowns and um, just that isolation piece where I wasn't able to be active within my community, which is one of my biggest values of, you know, being around people and, and I get quite energised by serving others. And just that piece of having to really go within, I had a, a bit of a dark night of the soul where I just couldn't see where it was going to end and I couldn't understand what my role was in the chaos. And I I guess I was seeking truth as well. I was seeking, well, what is truthful here? Because I felt like there was layers of truth um, that I couldn't quite connect with. Uh, And I had a really, really dark night where I, you know, I was having really dark thoughts around just not wanting to be here and not wanting to be part of this energetic shift, (laughs) if you like. And Mm -hmm. the next day I said, 
I just had an experience and I asked my my husband for a for a Bible, and which was very uncharacteristic for me because I don't think I've ever opened one in my life. So yeah, it was it was sort of just this again. It was like this inner pull of just this is what you need to do now, and um, I had I had to follow it right because when I followed mm-hmm. when I followed my 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 gut or my intuition or my hopes or my heart in the past, it's always led me towards what should be right for me even though maybe at the time I haven't necessarily understood why that is or what that should be but if I followed it it's it's been right so I took that pathway and and that's kind of how I got there I guess was the the dark night of the soul and just realizing that yeah that I couldn't do it without this spirituality piece because nothing made any sense and when I started to see maybe if you like you know like this superhero battle of good and evil taking place in the world I just it's suddenly made more sense to me I'm like wow okay I can connect with that you know if we looked at it all mm-hmm. as a as a as a bit of a battle between good and evil then which team am I showing up on who am I supporting and how does that play out in my life since that happened has your has your life looked different spiritually since then than it did before that night I feel very energized and I feel very connected with things that are happening around me. I also just have, I'm just so hopeful. Like I, I'm not dwelling in the negative anymore. I don't feel anxious as like, I just don't feel anxious. Or if I do feel anxious, there's rightful cause. Like I've taken on too much, but it's like a fog has lifted from my mind and there's just clarity wow. now. It's really, I mean, look, don't get me wrong, I'm still doing all the other foundational pieces to support my health, which has been, you know, layered. But I do feel like this spirituality has really just been, I'm commanding what I'm entitled to, which is well, well wellness. <laughs> like, um, yeah. And so now <laughs> when you don't have doubt about what you're entitled to and what's happened in order for you to have that yeah it's just like it's mine (laughs) you know like (laughs) there's no doubt anymore it's yeah it's really strange it's such a strange thing to describe because it's so metaphoric it's not it's not an action or yeah it's not it's just is if that makes sense so I guess by making a conscious decision that this is this is my my right as 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 being here on this planet then all of a sudden there's not as much stress and confusion it's just make a decision following my heart and move on do you find that with your clients you are also guiding them spiritually as well or is it just more nutrition based i don't feel like i'm overly qualified to give people advice from a spirituality point of view but i can certainly share my own story that if you don't have the three components of nutrition, like if you don't have that, the, the nutrition element and the lifestyle element and the spirituality element, you can never have transformational health in my view because mm-hmm. you'll always have somewhat seeking behaviour. Now, if you'd have asked me that question six months ago, I probably wouldn't have felt that. Or I wouldn't have really connected with that. I mean, I, I would say it, but I never really connected with what that actually meant. And I think I, I'm always talking to clients about, well, what's going on in your lifestyle? Like, what what are you, what are your practices? What are your what tools can we have? Like, let's write a list of tools that we can use when we're feeling distressed or overwhelmed, and come back to our baseline. And if life gets, you know, if there's somebody 
you know, departs this earth and you're left grieving, like what, you know, if you're going through a stressful time or a separation or just, you know, a, a worldwide crisis, like in Australia at the moment, we've got floods, like what, where's your baseline? Mm-hmm. Who, who, how do you, what do you come back to, to restore yourself? And then try and guide people in what's right for them. Because, look, I, I appreciate that not ever, I mean, if you'd have talked to me and even sort of tried to identify it as God, a year ago I, my eyes would have just glazed over. So I didn't I didn't have that connection. So, And I'm not saying that it's right for everyone at every point in their journey, but I just feel personally that my own healing experience has been expanded upon with that missing piece. Sure. Uh, who do you think is on the other side or what is on the other side of your intuition? Well, let me ask you this. Let me go back. What do you think mm-hmm. intuition is? I guess my own experience of it has been a, an inner guidance to protect you so or, or lead you to where you need to be to have the growth and the experiences that you've had. So I guess I'll give you an example. My son, my first son who was born, from the minute he was in my womb, he was trying to challenge me to show up as the best version of myself. So he shows me the shadow side of myself that I don't necessarily like frequently so that I can work on it. But if it mm-hmm. wasn't in my face as a mirror, I wouldn't I wouldn't be working on it because I'd just think that I was perfect, right? So I guess um, my view of intuition is that sometimes it's not showing up exactly as we'd like it, but then when there's resistance in your world, there's always a component of, checking back in and saying, am I on track? Like, is this aligned with my greater good? And it's just an opportunity to ask better questions of yourself. Or if you've got a journaling practice, journal it. Or if you've got one of the, if you like to do long meditative showers, as I'd like to see, or if yeah. you do, you know, you get your downloads when you're driving in the car and, and, and you just, as you're driving along, you get those insights. Or, and so everybody's a little bit different. Like I know clients that smell, you know, they'll have smell experiences or they'll have visionary experience. So they'll see things or they'll hear things. And I think all of it, to be honest, is a, is a divine guidance from God. Now that I, now that I know what I now know, but before that, I would have just said it was a gut feeling. But I, I don't think, you know, I don't know if it, some people talk about spirit guides, some people talk about angels, some people talk about, you know, so whatever it is for you, I think we, we need mm-hmm. to um, we need to honour that because for me now it looks very different to what it did a year ago. And so every time I get a message that, hey, you're not on the right track, I give praise to God. But I didn't do that a year ago. But I think even having that practice of having something to thank is acknowledging whatever it is and actually enabling it to happen more, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because I think the Mm. more that you sort of practice listening to your intuition uh, or knowing what may be more of like a red flag, I think the more we can recognize when it's intuition and when it isn't. So I think that that makes Mm. a lot of sense makes yeah. a lot of sense. And I guess I can't really testify for what that feels like within others. Um, I just know that what it mm-hmm. feels like for myself. And I think there's a, there's a power in actually just tuning in and having that space to actually ask those questions because by asking better questions of yourself, that's when you can start to reflect and go, oh, you know what, maybe there were clues along the way. And that's probably what I've spent the best part of the last two years doing is just going backwards in my life and looking for all of those opportunities where I've had those growth or those moments or those nudges to take a different mm-hmm. course of action. Where do you see yourself in five years? 
it was pretty hazy um, a little while ago, but obviously this farming experience has been demonstrating levels of resilience within myself that I never thought I had. I mean, we've gone through mouse plagues, we've gone through flooding, we've gone through, you know, this particular region went through droughts prior to that. And so you watch this regenerative, you watch the, the landscape change and the flora doing exactly what it needs to do to recalibrate the soil. And so it's given me this real awareness that we are seasonal beings and we should maybe be more in flow with that and not do the same thing at the same time every single day without at least acknowledging that there's four seasons for for a reason. Um, but where I see myself in five years, I've I've definitely kind of refined where I show up now to support women. So I definitely want this to be part of my my vision for the next five years. Uh, I have recently had a a download around being able to help even more people, which which I haven't fleshed out yet, but I've got in the initial stages. But it's definitely in this health and health and wellness space, and just transforming women's energy because, you know, when we feel like a 5 out of 10 and we're buzzing around life at a 5 out of 10, we're missing out on a lot. And when women fall apart, and this is no no judgment on men by any stretch, but I feel like we play quite an integral role in the family unit. So when we fall apart, our whole family in, in some ways uh, suffers and that dysregulation is when it's corrected, like when mum's feeling awesome, guess what she does? She makes better choices for her young children. <laughs> she makes better choices for her, you know, and it's, it's kind of sad, mm-hmm, but it's mm-hmm. also really empowering at the same time. So where mm-hmm. I feel I wish to show up is by supporting women go from exhausted to energised and just keep refining that process so that I can help people go from, where I was, you know, like crawled up in the fetal position, not wanting to be on this planet to totally engaged with everything that I'm doing and feeling really connected and clear. So, and that's a process. So the only variable for each person is time as to when they get Mm -hmm. there, but with the right help. And I feel like with that, with that support and some guidance and also understanding the why, like why is there dysfunction in the body? I feel like that is the missing piece. Like I've been over my healing journey to so many practitioners and you kind of walk away and they go, here you go, take this supplement and come back to see me, you know, in two months or whatever. But the thing is you don't have anyone to hold your hand in that journey. And the fact is when you're feeling really average, you want the 24-7 communication support. Like you want someone to be able to say, hey, this is happening or my stools are changed or I feel like this or I've got this headache or and you want somebody to 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 nourish you. And that's where I felt as a practitioner I need to show up. Like I can't just do this one-on-one sort of off one-off appointments every three to six months. It just doesn't, it doesn't create the transformational change that clients really want. And I wish in my journey someone had said that to me, like just hold, let me hold your hand and I'll take you there in eight weeks. <laughs> I just wish. So I kind oh, of right. worked with what I yeah, like I just worked with what I wanted as a client in that experience and then put that into a program. So it's not for everyone, like not everybody feels exhausted, but I think Mm -hmm. that for those that 
do when you start to feel more energized and you feel more stable energy and you're not having those peaks and troughs and you can actually get a good night's sleep like life looks so different all of a sudden you have energy to connect in with your creativity your spirituality your community your your husband your wife whatever like it's just we're 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 just we're taught to just live with that average like that's just people's normal now to to be tired all the time Mm -hmm. or be to respond in i'm just busy like Mm-hmm. I, I feel like we're missing a lot of life by being in that zone. Uh, and I'm not saying that hard work isn't necessary, but I'm just, I think there's a difference between being busy and being really connected and energized. Yeah. And I wonder, probably myself included, now that, you know, we're having this conversation, I'm thinking about, about me and my everyday, but, you know, I wonder how many people maybe don't even realize how tired they are because it's such a norm for them that they don't realize mm. that they could feel better because because how they currently feel has been their status quo for so long that sometimes they don't even realize what feeling better looks like. Like for instance, like. Um, mm. yeah. So for instance, like um, as a nurse, like I've, I've worked in a, an, like an outpatient clinic setting before we, you know, we work with a lot of patients who have chronic conditions, like, um, for example, a high blood pressure. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, some patients we get to see pretty regularly when they come in for their blood pressure checks and we'll kind of ask and see, you know, how are you doing with the medication? And so many of them will just say that, I feel so much better because their blood pressure is regulated, you know? So it was like for a long time, they just sort of would live with headaches or live with whatever it was that they were feeling because of their high blood pressure. And then they didn't realize that once they got that regulated, oh, wow, that wasn't normal. And this is now normal and I feel better. So I wonder how many people don't just don't even realize that they are that fatigued they just run on fumes coffee (laughs) yeah and we are like we're a society that wakes up and has a couple of cups of coffee and then we're having a few glasses of wine to go to sleep at night and yeah and then we're wondering why we're not waking up and we sort of you know the clue is if you're waking up and you're waking up and getting out of bed and you feel tired I would say use that as an anchor that there's some form of dysregulation that could be supported through better nutritional and lifestyle choices. Because the fact is, if you're really well calibrated, you will bounce out of bed and feel like, yep, I'm ready for the day. And if we're sort of waking up, we go, oh, I feel so tired. And, and, and that's just the clue, right? So that's just one clue of, of many, but there is so many layers. Yeah. Like who, like we are, we're all just waking up and we're feeling, we're, we're probably feeling like that without actually even feeling into what that looks like. Right, right. But if we but if we can like you were saying there there is a sort of a clue to 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 tune into that and if you're not waking up feeling energized then perhaps that's our clue to let us know that okay maybe we are dealing with some sort of chronic <laughs> fatigue or whatever it may be that could that could use some re-regulation. Yeah. And look it doesn't we don't need to make huge changes straight away. Like this is not I always say to clients, just start with your breakfast. If you can make better you know, get your better better breakfast choices. Get a list of two or three breakfasts that become really nourishing and nutrient dense that aren't full of, you know, refined carbohydrates. So pick a whole food, incorporate that into your breakfast. So my favorite is getting a muffin tin 
and lining it with some nitrate-free bacon and then some baby spinach or fresh spinach out of the garden or any kale, then cracking an egg into the muffin tin and then putting them in the oven for 10 minutes. And there you go. Like there's a quick grab-and-go option. You can be having a shower, doing your makeup, getting ready for work while you've just cooked three three or four days or three days worth of breakfast or, you know, mid-morning snacks. So I guess it's about finding what's going to work for your lifestyle. If you're more of a person that batch cook it, batch cooks and you're wanting to find something nutrient-dense, then roast some pumpkin, mix it with some eggs and make pumpkin pancakes and then they freeze really well. So then you've got you can put some beautiful applesauce or we call it apple pectin in clinic, which is really nourishing for that small intestine. And then bring that together like with some coconut yogurt or something really yummy and and just like nourish yourself and just pick that one meal each day that becomes your your foundation. And then when you get really good at that, then maybe move to the next meal. But Rome wasn't built in a day and, you know, changes <laughs> that last a lifetime. If we try to do too much at once, it can be really overwhelming and that's where the practitioner relationship and having that support from somebody can actually be really advantageous because hopefully if you've got a practitioner that you're engaged with they're asking you what's working what's not working what can I support you with um etc and really going on that journey with you so that after the eight weeks or whatever their their timeline is you feel and they feel really empowered about the decisions that they're making around food they know how to play it up they know what foods are setting them off and creating a food sensitivity and they just feel like they know, you know, they can walk through a supermarket and identify with confidence what's right for them. And I imagine too, like that handholding probably is so paramount for many people who associate food with emotions um, and trying to yeah. kind of fix that psychology. Yeah, and we do. Well. And if that's something that is going on for someone, there's um, so many practitioners that work on that mindset piece. But again, like we can't, we're going from the go, go, go mode into, I'm always saying to clients, like we're shifting into this observer mode. So we're seeing what the body's doing. Like, how do I feel after I ate my breakfast? Am I bloated? Am I constipated for three days? Or have I got chronic diarrhea? Like, these are all clues from the body and understanding your stools. You know, there's a Bristol stools chart you can Google. And, you know, if they're really hard to pass, then we're potentially chronically dehydrated. If they're really loose, then there's foods that are inflammatory for you that need to potentially be removed because they're creating distress in the gastrointestinal tract. So we need to recalibrate um, that whilst we're pulling out those foods that are, that are inflammatory for you. And I, in um, the book, which, happened last year intuitive knowing her truth i share a, a, a tip to identify food sensitivities and you can do that in three minutes to, and it's free like well the book's not it's a dollar 99 um us i think but the tip to, to tell you about the foods is free and it can be a game changer because even for me in my own life avocado and beetroot and coconut oil they were all inflammatory for my body so you know, pulling them out was a game changer for my mental health because I was finding I was just chronically anxious and it was because I was eating foods that were inflammatory for me and I hadn't done that healing uh, and repair of the gastrointestinal tract. So everything was inflammatory, creating an immune uh, an immune response. Yeah, and those are foods that we would consider healthy. <laughs> healthy. <laughs> no, and that was right. the saddest part. And when, and when I realised <laughs> that, you know, most of the keto or paleo or whatever, you know, is the new fad mm -hmm. sort of strategy for eating 
we're all mm-hmm. making these broad brush statements with what to eat but not taking into consideration how our body responds to that food and right. without that piece that it's almost like that intuition if you can feel your pulse race after you eat a food um, there's a higher possibility that you have a sensitivity to it so that is your innate wisdom it's that that's that intuition in your body trying to say hey man um you need to look at what's in your diet but because we're so busy and we're so tired we don't even tune in to self about how how do we feel how, how do I feel right now how does that food feel in my body even just if you watch animals grazing um like the deer for example the deer will nibble on a bush and you'll actually almost see it take stock of oh is that nutrients right for me and if it's not it'll move on and go to different pasture and lambs do the same thing and uh, sorry sheep and cat cattle do the same thing they'll graze mm-hmm. to recalibrate their nutrient profile they know what's good for them. You put them in a new, you move them around into the next paddock and they'll go for the thing that their body needs most straight away and they'll just be munching like crazy on that new new grass. So we we have this um, we have this in ourselves. We just haven't been shown how to use it. And that's the what that's the that why component, like why and how um, that I'm really lit up showing people. So yeah, I feel like it's something that should be taught at a much younger age, but we, you know, that's just where we're at with our current education system. Um, for all its strengths, sometimes we're not looking at, at the things that are potentially most important because if we don't have health, what have we got? Exactly. Gosh, mm. I wish it were that easy where I just can nibble something and knew if it was going to be good or not for me. If I nibble something, it tastes good. I'm, I want to eat it. <laughs> well, it's to, usually even the if way. It's not healthy. Like, oh. I know. <laughs> look, I think, well, we, we look at those refined foods and we say they're actually designed to create that dopamine response. So if it's a refined product, but if you just found, for example, that you could not get enough egg yolks, well, that would make a lot of sense to me because they're full of B vitamins and um, mm-hmm, they're really great mm-hmm. for energy production, etc. So I think we do have it there. It's just that quite often with our busy lifestyles, we've gone away from having the time and energy to cook from scratch but then that's had a cost you know further down further down the track um and look food that is on a shelf is really great at times but the thing is if it has a long shelf life do you think it's going to expand your life (laughs) no (laughs) (laughs) and that's what I constantly (laughs) am trying to say yeah it's convenient but you know it's not life-giving because it doesn't have any yeah, it doesn't have any. How um, natural is that? How how unnatural? Yeah, exactly. Is that? exactly. <laughs> I know, but it's hard. Like it's hard. You know, you want a snack, and it sometimes you've got, you don't really you don't really feel like cooking. You know, cooking. But I so I get it. Like it's about finding finding your new flow, and and that's what, yeah. what I what I'm really passionate about. But I think you're right. Yeah. A lot of a lot of us are going through life just as a five out of ten <laughs> without even knowing. Yeah, exactly. So, um, Sally Ann, I'm curious, what advice would you give yourself pre finding God, pre, you know, picking up that mm. Bible, knowing what you know now? What advice would you would you give your past self? I think if we just have a strategy to slow down enough to hear the clues, or feel the clues, or see the clues, that they're always there. So. My advice to myself would have been just to slow my game down just a notch, not, you know, just go from go, 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 gadget, Sally, like just where I was a thousand miles an hour, just take it down two pegs um, <laughs> so that I could have made more aligned decisions because 
there's a grace and an effortlessness that comes when we're making decisions that are right for us and other pathways and doors open up. It's just like magic. It's just, yeah, it's cool. So I just say slow down. That's great advice for all of us, especially as I don't know how it is over in Australia, but here in the US, I do feel like things are starting to pick up again, just as they did mm. pre-COVID. So reminding ourselves to slow down and, and just live in the moment. I think is it's that's great advice even for all of us. So yeah. thank you so much. <laughs> so Sally, thank you for your time. And I mean, this was just so informative on so many levels. I really appreciated and really enjoyed um, hearing what you had to say about uh, all the nutritional pieces. And thank you for for sharing your story um, with us. Thank you for having me. And I just uh, I adore what you're doing. I think it's really powerful. So thank you. And that was another episode of A Guided Life Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. And until next time, love and light always. We talk to the animals and we know you can too. On the Animal Communication Podcast hosted by the three of us, myself, Julie Heert, Karen Debbie Smith, and Meredith Tolleson. We will show you how to deepen your relationship with your beloved animal companions, whether they're alive or in spirit. As soul-level animal communicators, we explain the process and explore topics such as health, behavior, and play, all from the animal's perspective. So subscribe and follow us on Apple, Spotify, and listen as part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.